Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. As you all know, Worksheet S10 is an increasingly important part of hospital reimbursement. Recently, CMS has started the auditing process for 2015 data. To explain more about how that process will work, I'm joined today by Delisha Pierce, the director of our reimbursement services team here at Bessler. Delisha, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you uh, taking time out for me today. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, why don't you start out, just talk to us about some of the recent activities happening around S10. So one of the big, um, and it's it's pretty big for the providers, is that um, the MACs have started releasing letters um, to providers basically stating that they're getting audited um, for the 2015 cost report and their S10 data. Now, with that being said, you know, the MACs have been uh, told by CMS to, to perform these audits, and basically each MAC has been um, allocated 50 audits um, Per the, per the contractor. Um, well, with that being said, they haven't increased the dollar amounts or um, funding for these audits, so they're basically telling the MACs, do this under the same, your initial funding. Um, we've get, been giving you about 80 to 120 hours per audit to do this, and all the audits must be completed by January 2019. Um, th- that's a sh- pretty short time frame for them, to, for the MACs to get these audits done, but then again, you know, they have started sending out the letters. And one of the um, strange things from the, the letters is that they're not giving the providers much time to turn turn the data around. But it is it is big. It is real. Providers are starting to get notified, and it's um, you know, and they're going to be audited. Now we don't know the the rationale behind how they picked what providers. Um, but we do know that a lot of providers have already received their their notification of the impending audits. And Delisha, have the MACs been given directions related to the S10 audits yet? Yeah, what they have done is um, inside the letter that they they provided the the providers, the MACs have have basically kind of give, given some instructions of what they what they're going to need. But the timing of these audits is really important, and they they do know that they're going to focus on certain lines on the S10. And now we don't completely understand i don't think anybody knows what they don't know yet about what's going on on the mac side or the um the provider side one thing we do know is that some of the contractors the macs are having to con- subcontract out um to um firms to do these audits because they just don't have the bandwidth so they they definitely have put some thought into this they kind of forewarned us that they were going to do this in the final rules and you know it's the final rules went, were published in August, and they have started releasing the letters. We mentioned 2015 data in the opening. Is that the only year that's covered uh, in, in this round of audits, or are there other years that at, they're, they're looking at? Yeah, at this point, they based off of the letters that they've received, or they sent out, yes, it's only 2015, but that kind of foreshadows what's going to happen in 16. They're going to do audits on those years as well 
So it's pretty important that while you're getting prepared for your 2015 audit, you kind of get your 2016 data shored up so that you know you, you can provide that information to them once they request those audits. But it looks like you'll have until after January 2019 to for the, the 2016 audits. But right now the focus is primarily on 2015. And what's the timing of the audits as it stands right now? Well, what they've done is they've sent the audit letters out and they've given providers, you know, basically 14 days, two weeks to turn around the data. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't resubmit your S10 data and you didn't keep the detail behind it, you're going to have to recreate it. And they're giving you a fairly short time frame to do that. Um, and, but, you know, then again, they, they, under the premise that they've told us multiple times they were going to do this, I think that's what they're, what they're using. But, and they need the time because not only are they already doing desk reviews for wage index, the MACs are doing, you know, take, still taking in cost reports as they're getting filed, doing tentative settlements, and then now they have to do the t 2015 uh, S10 audit. So I think that's why they're trying, they're hoping to get all of the data in once they send the letter within 14 days. Some providers are asking for extensions and some some have been granted. Um, that being said, the more extensions they give, the more time crunch that the Macs get into. So, um, you know, if, if you know you need an extension, you, you can ask. No guarantee that they're going to give it to you. Understood. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what providers should be doing in, in the run up to these audits. Um, first, can you explain the fields that providers should include in their S10 supporting documentation? Oh, absolutely. So um, what they did do is tell us what fields that they, ex the, the expectation of the fields that you need to include in your data. So, you know, your claim type, your primary uh, payer plan, secondary payer plan, hospital Medicare number, um, which is your CCN or P10, uh, your patient identification number, which is your patient, um, patient Medicare number, Medicaid number, or whatever number that you're, it identifies it in your system. The patient's date of birth, the patient's social security number, patient's gender, patient name, admit date, discharge date, service indicator, which means hospital inpatient or outpatient. What I would also make sure that I included is whether or not it's rehab psych, um, or home health or SNF because you want to make sure that you don't include things that are not, shouldn't be included. Um, they also want revenue code, and and they've asked for revenue code total charges for the claim. My interpretation of that is your total charges. Um, but if they were to, when they go into the detail and they look at revenue code, really in theory, uh, the charges based off each different revenue code should subtotal to your total charges. So it's a, that's an interesting one that they've asked for. They want the date of the charity write-off. They want all patient payments received or expected to be received. So some hospitals do the accrual basis. Um, so you want to make sure that you get that information in there as well. Uh, they want third-party payments. They want charity, patient charity contractual amounts by transaction code or adjustment code. So really, you know, you have an adjustment code or a transaction code that tells you that you wrote the account off for, to charity. They want to make sure that you are doing that as well. Other contractual amounts by transaction slash adjustment code, insurance write-offs, courtesy discounts. They're looking for presumptive charity and other things when they're requesting that information. And then they want the non-covered charges for days exceeding the length of stay 
for patients covered by Medicaid or other indigent programs. So one of the things that would make it easier for providers to be able to identify this is when you're running your reports, make sure you put the either the geometric length of stay, the arithmetic length of stay based off of Medicare Medicaid's uh, APR, DRG um, tables, and then your actual patient length of stay so that you can kind of show that this is where this is where you're following at, following out um, as it relates to the expected length of stay. Here's what your geometric length of stay is because that's a field that we don't typically provide to Medicare or Medicaid, um, but you want to pull that out of your data um, systems because it'll help you understand and prove out your days that exceed the length of stay. So make sure you, I would add that to your reports. That's not something that historically we have done, but I would add that to your reports. Go ahead. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you to tell us how uninsured is identified and then how insured is identified. Okay. So um, the best way to do that, and I've given some instructions around that. They've said uninsured charity is full or partial charity write-offs. So it's, if it's, your patient has zero insured insurance, and you know, and you probably either have them in self-pay or charity bucket on your as a payer, um, the full charges related to those, and the, and if you have written a portion of it off to charity, make sure you identify that. Um, they also want non-covered services provided to Medicaid-eligible patients uh, and, and indigent care program patients written off to charity. So if you have some other patients that they're Medicaid eligible, but you don't really have them in Medicaid because they either was not covered or um, non-medical necessity, you want to make sure that you identify those charges related to that. Um, when it comes to um, charity, charity for patients with coverage from any entity without a hospital contractual relationship. So if you have charity care, and they have some kind of secondary coverage, let's hypothetically say a high deductible plan, and it's $5,000, but they can't, they, they meet your policies and procedures for charity because of income, and they can't pay that high deductible, that can be put into that category as as charity as well. Um, and then as you go into the insured, they want the, what they're looking for is for insured, uh, the patients who have deductible and coinsurance amounts under third-party coverage. So if you're, and it's very similar to the Medicare and Medicaid, uh, the Medicare by debt, you're looking for coinsurance and deductibles, which is your patient liability that meet the, the criteria in your policies um, to be written off to charity. So they may have insurance, but they're, they really, the patient portion they can't pay, that is uh, considered Insured charity, you want to put those in those categories. Uh, do not include your Medicare patients that you have included uh, as Medicare bad debt. Those should be excluded from this population, um, and those can we consider those the crossover claims. Do not include those in that population. Um, and then your non-covered charges for days exceeding a length of stay for the limit. Uh, make sure that you're identifying that appropriately, because um, you you're not and you, you're not going to get paid for them. So do they meet the criteria to go? They have insurance, but it's going to be considered insured charity. Delisha, what more can providers do to prepare for these upcoming audits? 
Um, that's, that's an interesting question because if you think about it, they, you know, this is new. This is, we don't know what we don't know. The Macs don't know what they don't know because this is a large population of patient information that they're, they're not used to working with. So to make your life easier and their life easier, you should definitely try to take the, the, the field listings that they've given you, pull that data in that format and don't limit it to those fields. I would put, if you think there's fields that need to be in there that will help you, uh, help the auditors as they go through this process, you need to make sure you do that as well. Um, you would also need to make sure that you are reconciling your data because what the, the easiest thing to do for an auditor is go to worksheet, uh, the G series, look at worksheet S10 and make sure that those numbers are tying because that's your balance sheet. Make sure that everything is ticking and tying. Or, and they're going to look at your financial statements. They're going to look at your trial balance. They're going to look at everything related to, from a finance perspective. In total, everything should reconcile. By category on the S10, it may not necessarily reconcile because for S10 has a totally different um a purpose for so to speak and the the fields that they're really going to focus on are tw uh, the charity care lines they're going to focus on your 20 26 uh well we're actually 20 21 22 23 25 26 those are the lines that they're really going to focus on because they have bearing on the S10 so you want to make sure that every you have reports that support those numbers and reconcile back and forth because you don't want to be caught with error rates on this data. Now, we don't know how that's going to get applied. We don't know if they're, it, you know, they've said that it's not a retrospective, um, it's a prospective approach. So really, you know, your 2019 uh, SN numbers are not going to change. We do think that it's possible if they get these audits complete, completed, they can incorporate those into the 2020. And if you think about the way that they've done this, it's a three-year, right, currently for 2019, it's 2014, 15, and 16. Based off of what they've said in the final rules, they could potentially say, we're not going to look at 14, we're going to look at 15 and 16. Or they could say, we're going to take this and we're only going to look at 16 or 15. There is some latitude there for them to, to get to those numbers and, and make sure that they're appropriate um, and so they we we really don't know how it's going to be applied we don't think that they, we don't think that 2019 numbers are in jeopardy at this point but I would make sure that you're definitely looking at your policies and procedures you're looking at making sure that what patient accounting is doing is following those policies and procedures um, just to prepare for anything that's coming up in the future Delisha should providers complete a sampling of their data to prepare for the audits I would highly suggest that providers do that. And the reason for it is, you know, it, as we're all experienced to the Medicare bad debt um, audits, they, they, they'll do a sampling and then, you know, this, if there's an error in the sampling, they'll ask for additional data. And if that, that error stands, then they're going to take that error percentage and extrapolate it to the total population. So you want to make sure that you've looked at it. You can't look at every patient because, oh my goodness, it's just a lot of data. But you can do the sampling and do multiple different samplings to see, you know, from a perspective of, do I look okay from when I'm, I'm sampling? 
and that way you kind of have an idea if there's anything in the data that shouldn't be. And I'm pretty sure that most providers have already done some of this, but you want to do it again and again and again just to make sure. And and one of the things that I do know that they're going to look at is they're going to be trying to reconcile and, and pick up any large variances from current year to prior year. You want to make sure that you do that as well um, because then at least you're prepared to answer the questions if there's an operational change, if there's a payment mix change or that that has caused your numbers to change because what what we do know is they allowed us to resubmit 14 15 and basically 16 um, if there's big variations from when you initially filed to when you uh, resubmitted you want to be able to explain that why that why there's variations and um, if it is operational or if it's, you change the reporting to make it more accurate and more reflective of what you think is truly happening you want to do that so I would highly recommend doing a trending and I would start with 14, 15, 14 for the trending analysis just to make sure that you see are you trending up, if, are you trending uh, down, or are you staying flat and make sure that you've done the research to identify why there is variations because they will ask that. It's very similar to what they do from a wage index audit perspective. They look at variances and they ask you to explain them. It's better to explain them now when you're closer to the data than it is to wait a couple of years when they ask you uh, on you know, prior or pre next year audits. Uh, so you just want to make sure that you're ready for those, and you can document it. It's when you're, it's more fresh to you. You can document it, and you can make those uh, recommendations for any potential policy changes that may need you may need in the future. And of course, Bessler can help your hospital with an S10 review or a full S10 preparation. So uh, we invite you to head over to. Bessler.com, visit our reimbursement services page, and you can find out more details about it there or uh, contact us directly from that page. Delicia, thanks so much for joining us today and helping uh, us understand more about these recent S10 audits. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Have a great weekend. If you enjoy the Hospital Finance Podcast, please head up to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a positive review. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.